You are listening to Perplexity. everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Perplexity, a mystery podcast. I'm your host, Kadra, and I'm excited you guys are joining me for another perplexing tale today. I have a great story for you guys, and it was listener requested. So thank you to the listeners that have been taking my polls on Spotify, ask and you shall receive. Today we're going to be talking about a cryptid. Specifically, we're going to be talking about mermaids, which I totally wanted to be a mermaid when I was a kid, so I thought this would be a fun cryptid to cover. Very quickly though, I just wanted to say please keep spreading the word about the podcast. Uh, It's something that I really enjoy doing, but it is a lot of work, you know, a lot of time and research goes into these stories each week, and then of course editing and all the different things we're doing in post. So getting these stories to more people is always appreciated. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and you haven't done so yet, please review. Please leave five-star reviews. That is the easiest and best way to help the show. And if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Each time that you do things like that, it puts the show in front of more people. So I know I'm a broken record, but Gotta always drop that in. Thank you in advance for that, and I think we can get started now. The sources for today's episode will all be available in the show notes. So the early to mid-2000s seems to be a really great time for mermaids. They were a significant part of my preteen years. Anybody that was born in the 90s knows exactly what I'm talking about. If you were like a Disney and Nickelodeon person, we had shows and movies all about mermaids. We had the 13th year. We had Aquamarine. Shout out Sarah Paxton with her iconic blue hair. And we had H2O, which not only made me want to be a mermaid, but also it really made me want to have an Australian accent. But now that I'm older, and hopefully wiser, I've started to wonder, what is the history behind mermaids? Why are they so popular? And what is the deal with mermen? What's up with sirens? And is there any tangible evidence to their existence? So it turns out, throughout my research, I found out quite a bit. Mermaids appear in cultural writings and art worldwide, from Europe to Asia to Africa. In Brazil, there is a water snake that's quite similar to a mermaid called Lara. In Africa, there's a water spirit known as Mamiwata, who can shapeshift, and this allows her to walk on Earth when she wants to. And in Ireland, there's a human-fish hybrid known as Marrow. These cryptids are also not to be confused with nymphs, coppas, holliers, nereids, storm kelpies, sprites, nixes, rasalkas, or sirens. And I probably butchered so many of those names. <laughs> but a lot of water cryptids. A lot of people think sirens and mermaids are also the same thing. Turns out they're not. They're both types of cryptids that have similarities for sure. I mean, they're both in the water and they're both part human, but sirens are actually part bird 
whereas mermaids are part fish. Sirens also originate from Greek mythology, and it seems that in the Middle Ages, this is when sirens' part bird-like appearance seemed to change in artwork to having more of a fish-like appearance. Hence the confusion between the siren and the mermaid. So all of this to say, just like there's a wide variety of land cryptids, there are many of the sea. But today, we will be focusing specifically on the mermaid. In Greek mythology, mermaids are led by a Targatis who originates from ancient Syria from 1000 BC. Atargatis was a goddess and was sometimes called Derceto. So the story goes that Atargatis accidentally killed her husband, and in her grief, she tried to drown herself but instead she was transformed into a mermaid. She then lived out the rest of her life serving the goddess of the moon, fertility, and water. And it's actually believed there's four different types of mermaids. There's the traditional mermaid, the selkies, the shapeshifters, and the merfolk. Selkies can change their fins and take on the full form of a human when they want to. And they originate from Scottish folklore. Mermaids are believed to have many mythical powers as well. They can be immortal, they have telepathy, they can do hypnosis, and they are also known to be clairvoyant. While mermaid sightings are more common, mermen have been sighted as well and are believed to coexist in this ecosystem. Mermen also appear in ancient historical documents 7,000 years before Atagardus. If you're from the West, like me, you probably have a specific image in mind when you think of a mermaid. Beautiful, striking, colorful tail long, gorgeous locks of hair. But depending on the stories you hear and where they originate from, mermaids have also been reported as having pig-like heads, tails that resemble a whale, and being generally unattractive. In medieval churches, they've also symbolized one of the seven deadly sins, lust. Mermaids have also been blamed for a lot of tragic things that have happened in the water, like floods, storms, shipwrecks, and drownings. Many people believe that they're able to control the weather and the water. But with the mermaid's ethereal beauty in so many different cultures, it shouldn't come as a surprise that they are also seen to be very fashionable and vain. When mermaids have been sighted, they've often been sighted wearing jewelry, crowns, and even having hand mirrors or combs, like the Little Mermaid. They've also been known to leave gifts for humans that they might like. Magical seashells, special pearls, or even their own tears, which are believed to serve as protection. It's believed that the aquamarine stone, the birthstone of Pisces, was given to us by the mermaid. So mermaid sightings can be traced back all the way to second century AD, the Hellenized Syrian writer Lucian even wrote about mermaids. Pliny the Elder, a Roman author, also described several sightings off the coast of Gaul. Within the walls of the historic Durham Castle, you can also find one of the oldest stone carvings of a mermaid from 1078. And fun fact, I stumbled across this and I thought it was really interesting. There's actually living mermaids, using air quotes, in South Korea, and they're called the Haiyan Yeo or the Jeju mermaids. And I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. 
that these are female elderly divers and they make their livelihood by diving deep into the ocean and they'll harvest all kinds of things in these freezing waters like mollusks, seaweed, and other sea life. While the Jeju mermaids are more rare today, it's estimated that around 4,500 divers still remain. So pretty cool. But now that we know a little bit more about like the history of mermaids and how they've just originated from all around the world, let's get into some perplexing tales of this mystical cryptid. So it's said that Christopher Columbus actually saw three sirens or mermaids while he was sailing off the coast of Hispaniola in 1493. He described the mermaids as unattractive, which you've no room to talk, dude. <laughs> and many historians believe what Columbus could have actually seen were manatees, which if that's the case, you're an idiot. <laughs> I feel like you should be able to tell the difference between a beautiful mermaid and a manatee. Manatees are cute, but I feel like they look very different. In Wales in 1603, there was a farmer named Thomas Reynold, and he was hanging out near the water when he saw what he believed was a mermaid. He even called several other people over to see what he was seeing. He described the cryptid as a monstrous creature with the form of a woman from the waist upward. He also said he didn't feel like he was in any type of danger. A drawing was then created based on this sighting and it was placed in a pamphlet in 1604. In the pamphlet, it appears the creature has a human torso, arms, breasts, a fish-like tail, and a dog-like head with long hair. So some people see this and think maybe it could have been a seal. Not long after this, in 1614, Captain John Smith claimed to have seen a Rubenesque figured woman with long green hair and the body of a fish from the waist down, and this was while he was sailing in the Caribbean. In 1719, an artist named Samuel Velour published a book called Fishes, Crayfishes, and Crabs, and he described several creatures, including a mermaid, that he allegedly captured and kept for several days in his bathtub in his home. He said, quote, I had this siren alive for four days in my house at Ambin and a tub of water. My son brought it to me from Burrow. It died of hunger. Not wishing to take any nourishment, neither fishes nor shellfishes, nor mosses nor grasses, it did nothing but whimper, with little cries that sounded somewhat like rats. I had the curiosity to lift its fins in front and in back, and it was shaped like a woman. It's giving Taken vibes. It's not sitting right with me that this guy, like, kidnapped a mermaid and basically held it hostage for several days. There's another story from June 26, 1783. This comes from a sailor named George Carter, who was said to have spotted what he described as a giant sea woman with a whale's body and a pig's head in Cape Town Harbor. There's also a legend of a fisherman in South Africa's eastern region who saw and captured a mermaid in the mouth of the Great Fish River. He claimed he kept this mermaid in a crate in his house and attracted visitors from around the world to come see it. She lived out her days in this crate until she died. And I'm wondering, did he leave this crate in a bathtub as well? 
Did he feed her fish? There was also another story from South Africa of three people who saw a mermaid at False Bay Shimmer that had long dark hair, greenish brown skin, a fish-like tail, and webbed hands and feet. She also moved very quickly and had a firm grasp on a fish when she was spotted, before she just dove back into the water and disappeared. Even Blackbeard, the infamous, terrifying, badass pirate, allegedly was terrified of mermaids. There are some sources that claim that he would instruct his crew to stay away of certain areas of water, and he called these waters enchanted and said that they were filled with mermaids. Perhaps this could be related to the myth that mermaids' voices can lure sailors to their deaths. One superstition around this is that sailors would put wax in their ears to block out the mermaids' luring song so they wouldn't drown. But this could also be a myth considering this can only be found on websites. While logbooks were common among sailors and pirates, it's also commonly known that Blackbeard did not use a logbook. And it is possible that one of his crew members could have reported this in their own logbook, but this is of course speculation. There was also a book published in 1724 called A General History of the Pirates by Captain Charles Johnson which some people have said allegedly describes a sighting that Blackbeard had where a mermaid swam around their boat and had green hair. But one of the sources I used said they purchased the book and read it and they couldn't find any kind of reference to mermaids in there. So let's jump way ahead now to 1943 in the Kay Islands. These islands are close to Indonesia and many Japanese soldiers were there during World War II. During this time, they reported seeing mermaids and what they described as man fish. They said these creatures were about 150 centimeters tall or about four foot 11 inches with spikes on their spine, shoulders, and necks. And instead of a fish tail, they had two legs. So not quite a mermaid, but definitely similar. And there were numerous sightings. And each time, their descriptions all seemed to be incredibly similar to each other. So they were definitely seeing something weird. One story goes that when one of the troops ventured into a lagoon, they saw something thrashing around in the water that didn't look right. And as they got closer, the creature jumped out of the water and onto a rock. When it turned and faced the soldiers, it made a gurgling noise. And then another identical looking creature appeared and began to swim towards the men. The soldiers also reported they didn't feel safe around these creatures. They said they felt very hostile and dangerous. So much so that they actually shot at these creatures, but then they swam away quickly. They got away unharmed. The villagers at the Kay Islands start getting word of this. They were very well acquainted with these beings to the point where they had named them. They called them Orang Iken, which translates to human fish, and they were commonly cited by the locals here. The Orang Iken was also mostly seen in the water, but sometimes they would see it on land, which would give the indication that it was amphibious. It was described to have light pink skin like a salmon, 
a mouth as big as a carp, and two long fins that were described as being frog-like, with long arms with talons at the end. The locals were even known to trap these creatures in nets when they were fishing. So the sightings of the orang ekan got so out of hand that a sergeant named Mr. Taro Hariba even asked the villagers and soldiers to be on the lookout and report any further sightings. Mr. Charo even asked them to try and capture one, whether it be dead or alive. Not long after this, Mr. Taro was summoned in the evening to a nearby village, and he was informed that an orang ekin had been found, washed up on the shore, and was dead. So, Mr. Taro is super excited, he comes right away, and he claims he was able to see this creature for himself. He described it as being about five foot two, with reddish brown hair, spines along its neck, an ugly human-slash-ape-like face with a short nose, and a broad forehead, small ears, and long webbed fingers and toes. He even tried to tell some zoologists about what he had seen when he returned to Japan, and he did this hoping that they would go out and investigate. But Mr. Taro didn't have any kind of tangible evidence. He didn't even have a photograph. The zoologists didn't believe him and it was never explored further. Another famous sighting comes from June of 1967 in British Columbia, Canada. There was a boat that was filled with tourists and they spotted a mermaid sitting topless on the beach. She was eating a salmon and she had blonde hair. She seemed to be enjoying letting the waves splash over her. One witness even said she was attractive and had dimples. One of the tourists was able to capture a photo which appears to show a blonde woman with the lower half of her body being similar to a porpoise. So later that same week, a similar incident happened. This story starts getting more traction and the media gets word of it eventually. And there are also skeptics that are beginning to show up. Charles White from the Undersea Gardens was one of these skeptics. He offered $25,000 to anyone who could capture this mermaid. He said he would even offer accommodations for the mermaid, like a room, amenities, and special combs. The story, however, died soon after this, and it seems like this mermaid was never captured, or there was never any evidence. According to Weekly World News, in April of 1998, a dive master named Jeff Liker captured a photo while he and six other divers explored the ocean just 20 minutes off the Kona coast in Hawaii. And if you listened to my episode about the Kasha House of Kaimuki, you should be familiar with all the lore and legends of Hawaii. There are many cryptids here, including a variety of aquatic ones. Liker had heard stories from other locals about this mermaid many, many times, but that morning was the first time he saw her. There was a school of dolphins following their boat, and they were about 10 feet from the bow, and he suddenly saw a nude woman with long flowing hair and a beautiful face. And it was swimming incredibly fast, keeping up very easily with the dolphins. Then she leapt into the air, and her lower half was covered in scales and tapered into a fish-like tail. She jumped one more time before disappearing. About an hour later, these same people were diving in the water, and they were just taking some photographs, doing underwater photography, 
and Liker was taking some photos of fish when he felt something brush up against his leg really quickly. So he turned around and he realized it was this mermaid again. So she shoots past him really quick and he pulls his camera back out and he just starts taking a bunch of pictures, hoping he can capture her. Weekly World News eventually got hold of these pictures and they were analyzed by three photography labs. All of the photography labs concluded the photos had not been tampered with and they were completely genuine. She has become known as the Kaiwi Point Mermaid. And as far as we know, this was the first ever documented potential proof of mermaids existing. But, 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 Weekly World News is also known to publish a lot of fake spoof pieces. So who knows if this even really happened at all. More recently in Israel in 2009, near Kiryat Yam, a mermaid was sighted off the shore while the sun was setting. And dozens of locals throughout the year ended up claiming to have seen this mermaid. And this was over the period of several months. And again, this story got so much traction that the media got involved. The locals described the mermaid as a young girl who would often appear in the evening and do tricks in the water. The Israeli government issued a million dollar reward to anyone who could provide proof of the mermaid even a photograph. So because of this, a lot of people think this actually could have just been a big publicity stunt. The government even admitted that they thought this would bring in more tourists. So make of that what you will. NBC later came and investigated day and night with a film crew. Late one night, it's said that while the film crew was filming, they claimed they saw a human figure that dipped into the water, then disappeared. But to me, this could have just been someone going for a night swim. No one was ever able to track down the mermaid, but footage was caught of the mermaid, quote unquote, entering the water by the film crew. The film was then sent to the Coastal Oceans Research in Los Angeles, and they basically concluded that it couldn't be authenticated, but it also couldn't be debunked. And if this was a publicity stunt, it could have easily been someone putting on a mermaid costume and entering the water while NBC got a video. In 2012 in Zimbabwe, there were some workers installing a water pump for a local dam. They ended up going under the water at one point when they discovered something was blocking the pump. It's said that when the workers resurfaced, they were incredibly shaken, they were super scared, and they refused to continue the job or ever return to that site again. A water resource minister named Sam Sapepa Nakomo told the Senate committee the village chiefs should perform a ritual to get rid of a mermaid that was there. Many people in this area believe that mermaids are actually evil spirits. It's also not uncommon for the locals to blame mermaids for being responsible for people being kidnapped, drowning, uh, being tortured and murdered. So it seems like, at least in Zimbabwe, mermaids are seen as dark and evil entities, whereas in other cultures, they can be seen as helpful. So anyway, they decide they're gonna do this ritual and they hoped that by doing this, the workers would feel safe enough to return and do their job again. But they performed the ritual, but the workers still refused to come back. The government eventually hired outside help to continue the project, but it's said these new workers reported the same thing. They felt very unsafe 
and they refused to finish the job too. But with all of these stories lacking any real evidence, it's worth mentioning that it was also common for a while to create false specimens of cryptids, like mermaids, and put them up in oddity shops. For example, there is a famous mermaid hoax that was believed to have been created by Japanese fishermen. And this became known as the Fiji mermaid, with an ape's torso sewn to a fishtail. The Fiji mermaid was eventually sold in the early 1840s to a man named Moses Kimball, proprietor of the Boston Museum. He ended up showing the Fiji mermaid to his friend, P.T. Barnum, as in Barnum and Bailey's Circus. And P.T. Barnum had just recently bought a museum in the city as well. So they put this creature, which they knew was fake, in the New York City Concert Hall. And they even paid fake naturalists to come in and give fake lectures about the mermaid. They also talked about how everything on land has a counterpart in the ocean. So like sea lions, I guess their counterpart would be lions <laughs> and horses and seahorses, etc. And then of course, merfolk and humans. The Fiji mermaid was later moved to the American Museum and their museum attendance skyrocketed. So there's this theme with the mermaid of people basically taking this cryptid and just wanting to draw in people and make money or bring in a lot of viewers. There are even documentaries, using huge air quotes here, from big time programs like Animal Planet and Discovery. And I found this really upsetting. So if you do any digging, you'll find out that these documentaries are actually mockumentaries that present themselves as real. They use paid actors, and they pretend to be experts, doctors, marine biologists, etc. One of these documentaries called Mermaids, The New Evidence came out in 2011. And so many people watched this and thought it was real because they mixed it with real sightings and fake video footage. This documentary blew up so much and so many people thought it was real that later they had to release a statement saying, quote, no evidence of aquatic humanoids has ever been found. So, wah wah. Since then though, they have released several other documentaries that were actually fake, like Megalodon, The Monster Shark Lives. And documentaries like this always bring in millions of viewers and obviously make them a lot of money. Institutions that are supposed to be educating us and instead they're intentionally spreading lies just for money. So to finish up, let's quickly cover a couple of theories as to what could be causing all of these mermaid sightings. Some people think some of these sightings were actually people seeing manatees, seals, and dugongs. Some sightings refer to the mermaid being unattractive and having a porpoise-like bottom half, so who knows? It's certainly possible some people just don't know their animals. There have also been a lot of fake sightings or fake footage online, so of course there's people who think a lot of these sightings could be hoaxes, practical jokes, what have you, or it could be some type of mass hysteria. Similar to the Troxler effect, which I've talked about on the podcast before, there's also a condition of pareidolia. Not sure if I'm saying that right, but we're going to go with it. And pareidolia is known to be the phenomenon of people seeing faces in inanimate objects. 
neuroscientists have been studying this for a while now, and they seem to think that this is because we have this tendency as human beings to assign meanings to patterns, and part of our brain is primed to recognize faces. So this could be also why we see a face in the moon, sometimes people see faces in clouds, trees, etc. And a lot of mermaid sightings have come from pirates and fishermen. These are fields that are predominantly male, so perhaps these men were just lonely on the sea and they were longing a female presence, so they saw in the water what they wanted to see, a beautiful woman. There's also a big theory called the aquatic ape theory, and this gained a lot of traction in the 70s and 80s, but it stems back to 546 BC. It got popular thanks to writer Elaine Morgan, and it can also be traced back to Alistair Hardy in the 60s, but the theory basically says that primates preceded humans in existence, and perhaps they were competing for food, so some of them had to evolve and find food in other places, like the water. This theory, some people think, is supported by human characteristics, like having minimal body hair, and why our fingers get pruny when we're in the water after a long time, so that we can grip things better. Part of this theory even mentions the webbing between our fingers resembling having webbed hands, like many creatures of the water and like mermaids. There's even a syndrome in real life known as mermaid syndrome or sirenomelia, and this is a rare congenital developmental disorder where infants are born with partial or complete fusion of their legs and sometimes they don't even have bones in their lower limbs. But the scientific community largely disregards aquatic ape theory due to lack of evidence. So similar to the aquatic ape theory though, there do seem to be some other similar theories. So for example, the lost city of Atlantis, some people think that the people that were there perhaps adapted to their surroundings and evolved into mermaids. Some people also believe mermaids have been women that trained to be skilled divers and spent a lot of time in the sea, and over time they just evolved. There were several books written about this theory, written by British author William Bond, if you want to learn more. But of course, there are also people who believe mermaids exist. I mean, come on, these sightings have come from all around the world and all throughout history. And similar to the belief of aliens, so much of the universe having been unexplored, we haven't explored the majority of our ocean. It's estimated that only about 5% of the ocean has been explored, but with that being said, we need to be aware of the difficulty to define what explored actually means. As of 2023, we've mapped a lot of the ocean floor, around 23%. We have more of an understanding now than we ever did before of what could be lying below. But we will likely never know what other mysterious creatures could be hiding in the depths of the ocean, whether it be krakens, the Loch Ness Monster, um, sharks as big as yachts, sirens, mermaids, or mermen. This cryptid is certainly perplexing. And that is some fun history of the mermaid and some alleged sightings throughout history. So what do you guys think about these mermaid sightings? Do you think any of them have any legitimacy to them? Have you ever seen a mermaid? 
let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts down in the comments below, or feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at perplexitymysterypodcast or email me perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like this video, or if you're listening on the podcast, leave a five-star review. It helps so much, and it means a lot for small, independent podcasters like myself. Thank you so much. Let me know what cryptid you'd like me to cover next. I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Perplexity, a mystery podcast hosted, written, and produced by Kadra Brennan. If you enjoyed today's episode, tell the world about it by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leaving a five-star review. It helps the show more than you know. Contact, support, and merch links can be found in the episode description. And if you have a story to share or a topic request, send an email to perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. Cager would love to read your story on the podcast. Until next week, stay curious.